Welcome to Rarefied Air, stories of inspired service. Our host, John Palladino, head of client services at InterSystems, will use his 40 years of experience to show you how to build a successful customer service program and highlight stories of innovation with customers. Join us as we explore the past, present, and future of service, from AI's promise to the enduring power of the human touch. This is part two of a conversation with Stephanie Michko, former CTO at Charter Communications. We pick up the conversation as John and Stephanie discuss how leaders should be using AI and the qualities of great leadership in times of change. Let's talk about leadership for a few minutes because I think leadership, especially when you're dealing with change, change is happening all around you. Yeah, true leaders can really step up. So tell us a little bit about your views on leadership. That's a great question because through my early part of my career, I was very focused on the details as an engineer. And I did great things and I had a great run of it, building technical products and having teams. But it really became apparent to me when I got to a certain level, about the VP level in a big company, that to get to the next step, it wasn't about the technology that you know. It's not about how many facts you can put together or how much you know in in the, you know, really gory details. It's really about how to put a team together. So I had some great mentors early on in my career. I had some really big failures as well that taught me like, okay, you can't do that anymore. That's not going to work. That's how we learn. It's exactly how we learn. So I, I think failure is a great thing. I talk about failure all the time because you learn so much to your point. But my leadership style grew out of a bunch of little things where I just became extremely vulnerable. And for most of us in technology, and I know you will appreciate this, our systems are complicated. Technology is evolving faster than we can think about it. And you have to acknowledge that, and that makes you humble. Because there's more that you don't, there's so much more that you don't know than you do. Yeah, it's really about teamwork, too. Yeah, and, and understanding team dynamics, understanding that people are different, and understanding how to get the best out of people you know, is really, really important. Yeah, I love that. And it's so true because everyone on your team contributes in a different way. And it is the leader's obligation. It's their job to identify the right communication style with each member, to understand how to motivate them, to communicate maybe three different ways, the same objective to the team so that the whole team actually gets on board. And I think a core element is trust. Absolutely. Trust and being seen. People want to be acknowledged that they're part of the team and that and that they contribute. But I'll go back to trust for a second. I've observed teams where entire groups of people don't trust the leader for whatever reason. They don't give them the right credit They say something in a meeting and then they go off and do something different, right? So trust gets deteriorated over time. And what happens there is those people actually start sabotaging that leader's ability to lead. Oh, the saboteurs. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I think for a good leader, it takes humility, gratitude. What are some of the other elements? Or you can speak to those two elements. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Gratitude is a big one. I think authentic, empathetic leadership is the new norm. Now, people ask me about that. They go, oh, Stephanie, everyone says you're so nice. I'm not really that nice. You know, I'm not saying that to be facetious, just that I'm fair. I'm honest with people. I tell them what I expect of them. 
and I treat them fairly and with empathy, of course, but I also am a bit of a, we need to get stuff done, right? Sometimes there's not, it's nice to get to know people. I love to understand what their personal situations are, you know, what, what their lifestyle is like so we can adjust if we need to. But people will tell me, oh, you care about everyone. And I do. I empathetically care about my teams. But there's actually a, something in the book called uh, Big Hearted Boundaries. And the reason I, we chose to write about this, because a lot of leaders want to be liked. So let me um, stop on that point for just a second. One thing I failed to mention in the beginning is you co-authored a book <laughs> called Mind Skills. And I read your book. It's an amazing book. I recommend it. And we'll make sure we put the link in so that our listeners can read it too. Tell us a little bit about some of the key elements of your, your book. Sure. Well, first of all, I never set out to write a book. I've been in technology business for a very long time. And I actually co-authored this book with a friend of mine. Her name is Linda Bjork, and she's a mindfulness trainer. And I met her in Stockholm, Sweden. We were both speaking at a conference. She did the opening keynote. It was a women's executive conference, and it was about international business. And I was the closing keynote, and I talked about media and how we do media differently in the EU versus the U.S. And we wound up sitting at uh, the dinner for the event that evening next to each other. And within five minutes, we were talking about the same things, the same challenges in business, the same challenges with leaders. I had her come in and talk to some people on my team. And we realized, I realized that as a leader, empowering the team to get better, and this is a sign of caring as well, right? When you help your team learn, when you help your team get better, it was really, really good for me and for the team. So we decided to take everything we had done in, I guess, most of our lives and put it down on paper, which was a huge challenge. I'm so glad you and Linda shared all the things you've learned in all your experiences in small companies, engineering, all the way up. It was excellent. There was one part of the book that really got my attention. It's a term called stop, unleash, and lead. Could you break it down for us? What sure, does that mean? Sure. Yeah. So the original tagline was going to be stop doing what doesn't work. <laughs> and, and we realized through editing and whatnot that really didn't resonate with people. So we came up with these three words, stop, unleash, lead. And when you go through this process, the first one is the most important. Stop doing things. Busyness, you know, is a badge of honor in the U.S. People, I'm very busy, I'm very busy. You know, we say busy is the new stupid. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. So the first part of that, that little phrase just means stop, take a breath, really take a look at what's going on, what you're doing, why you're doing it, what's in front of you, what are your challenges. Once you get settled in that, unleash your real intelligence right? Because it comes from a place of stillness. That really resonated with me because I know speaking for myself, you know, I get email, phone calls, meetings. There's so many things that come at us, not just me, but all of us. And just stopping all of that so you can think and figure out your plan going forward and start down that path. So I think that's really great advice. That's one of the things in Mind Skills, your book that really jumped out. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. It's it's important. It's hard to do because as you move up in your career, there's more demands. You have to be in more places. You have to multitask, as you just mentioned. But, you know, there's practical ways to manage those things. 
I'll give you a little anecdote and what I did with my teams. I would go in their calendars. They all had to share their calendars with me. They didn't like that. But I would go in there and I'd see that they were booked in meetings from 8.30 in the morning. And I had teams kind of across the globe, London and L.A. and other places. And every minute of the day was blocked in a meeting, not just like talking to one person, but in groups. So I challenged them to take 20% of their time and block it so they could stop, so they could think, so they could read. It was a challenge for a lot of my up and comings. They, they thought that, hey, if I just work harder, if I'm better, faster than everyone else. But that's not what helps you in your path. Stephanie, I saw something on LinkedIn last week that really you know, is pretty well aligned with this. A CEO said, if he receives an email that has more than three people CC'd on it, he just deletes it because it's an announcement. It's not a request. I love that. I'm laughing both internally and externally because I actually have a whole section on email management in the book because I used to say, if there's 25 people on an email and I'm in the like included in all that, no one's asked me for anything, I'm not responding or I delete it. But on the flip side, what I've done as a leader is I've gotten diligent about how I send emails because I know if I send an email, certain positions I've been in, people feel they have to answer right away. And I will say in the email, there is first line, no need to respond. I am just getting this out there because next week we might have to have a meeting and I want to put it in your mind. Or this is the person I'm asking and I need this information right now and I'm CCing these three people because they might be able to help you get that information. Yeah, these are all symptoms of things changing around us very rapidly, right? People's expectations are going higher. Customer expectations are very high compared to where they were even two years ago. I think COVID taught us how to accelerate, kind of lean into things, make change faster. That was great. But as leaders, you know, there's a lot on our minds right now about how we can continue to stay ahead, not just keep up, but to stay ahead. One last thing about leadership that you talked about in the book that I thought was also excellent was about ego. Could you spend a few minutes on that, please? Sure. So first, I'll just tell you a story, and then we'll talk about what the ego even is. I mentioned that I had Linda come in and coach some of my teams. Now, these are senior vice presidents in really big roles. Each one of them could run, you know, a piece of a company. And I had a leadership meeting and I said, I'm bringing in a coach because I want everyone to just spend a little time thinking about being mindful. Everyone equates this with meditation. So one of my very senior engineers, extremely talented, extremely valuable in the company and a really nice person. He was a really nice guy, but he gave me such a hard time. He's like, I don't want to come to that part. I'm not going to sit there and close my eyes. Really, really defined, did not want to do it. So I said, look, you have to come to my, it's my offsite. It's my tech offsite. You have to come. I expect you to be in the room for this one hour. Close your eyes, put your ear pods in. I don't care, but you have to show up. So he shows up and the whole time I'm nervous because the presentation's going on and people have their eyes closed. And I don't know if you've ever tried this, but Try closing your eyes in a room with 20 other people. Nobody likes this. Like, what is that other person doing? Do they have their eyes open? Do I have my eyes closed, right? It was very, very difficult for the team. Long story short, at the end of the night, we had a dinner, and this particular engineer came to me, senior guy, and said, you know what, Stephanie? I realized that my ego has been in my way. Interesting. Right? How he, so? He realized it. He's like, he was thinking more about his position, how he looked in front of a team, 
how he was going to present information to senior management, which is usually how do I better myself? And he said, I realized that I'm missing the point with some of the people that are working with me. So I realized that that instant, that this type of training was really important for executives. It was an epiphany. Yeah, it was really important. And other people have said the same thing, you know, over the years. But the ego is just a thing. It's just a story in your own head, right? It's about, I need to stay in control. I need to be in power. I need to know what's going on all the time. And if you could settle that voice, the real you comes out. (laughs) That's what I'll say. The real you comes out. That's great advice. One aspect we haven't talked about, Stephanie, is the emotional aspect of transformation. Yeah, not just generative AI, but as you mentioned, there were emotional responses to past innovations and transformations. How do leaders kind of navigate through the various emotions around transformation? This is probably the harder than talking about the AI, talking about humans, right? Because we're so complex. People don't like change. Emotionally, I've noticed people get attached to their own creations, especially in technology, right? I've developed this and now I have to keep it going for some reason. So I think leaders have to be super authentic. And I'll give you a little example of what I did. And people came back to me with feedback, which I had no idea had any type of impact. We're having a big Teams meeting and and I was a little late. And I came into the room and I was with somebody else and we were on the screen and I was kind of sitting there. I said, everybody, can we just stop for a second? I just want to let you guys know that I had a really rough morning and I'm not thinking straight. I'm a little stressed out and I don't want to, you know, give you any input or anything. It's not that I don't love you guys and you're my team. I know that I'm not in the right place to make a decision or talk about this. That vulnerability is transparent and vulnerable. But what it really was, the only thing was I recognized that I was in a bad state and I don't want to make a decision when I'm in a bad state. So I think the emotional response that happens with teams, what happens with these huge changes has to be managed by clear, calm, centered leaders. I joke like this because I'm a mom of three and, you know, when a baby's screaming and having a fit, you don't go over there and have a fit. You are calm. You're like, don't worry about it. We're going to get through this, right? Whatever that perturbation is happening, the leader has to be emotionally sound, intellectually sound and centered so you could help people get to the next level. The other trick I have is make them a part of it. Let the team be the change. Let them want the change. Help them want the change. That's an excellent point. Engagement. Get them engaged. One way I do that, especially for people that don't, it's not their personality to embrace change, is to de-risk it. I'll tell people, if this is a failure, it's on me. It's not you. But how can you help us get to where we need to go? You just hit on it. That's exactly right. People are so afraid to fail that they either do nothing or they resist. They either sabotage, do nothing, or just disappear because they don't want to fail. And I think opening up to failure, setting expectations around how much failure you will accept, the collateral damage of failure is a conversation I have all the time. It's great to fail, but you can't. You have to fail at a level that we can respond, learn from it, and then make a change. You can't fail when we're you know, jumping off the cliff and we have no shoots, right? And that's kind of like what it's like with AI, mm-hmm. right? People are afraid that they might fail. They might put their customers or the business at risk. But you have to fail small, fail fast <laughs> to learn. Because if you don't learn, you're never going to get there. Stephanie Mitchko, this has been an amazing experience. 
Thank you very much. For listeners, Stephanie Michko's book is called Mind Skills. There'll be a link associated with this podcast. I'd highly recommend reading it. It's a terrific book on both leadership and the transformation we're navigating through today. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you so much, John. This has been a lot of fun, and I hope we continue the conversation. To all of our listeners, I hope that you enjoyed our discussion with Stephanie. And just before I say goodbye, I just want to say it's great to have a past. It's even better to have a future. I hope you get a lot out of this podcast, and I thank you for listening. Thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or want to hear from a specific guest, email us anytime at inspiredservice at intersystems.com. And when you're ready to unlock the potential of your data and experience the transformative power of support done differently, go to intersystems.com. 